hardly a day passes that I don't see something or read something that I think I need to be sharing with our friends that listen to our program, listen to our podcast. And so today's program is going to be a case in point. I want to share with you some excerpts from a program that I happened to come upon and I was just taken back. I heard something. I went, whoa, did I just hear that? And so I kind of reversed a little bit, backed up and listened again and thought, I have got to document this. I need to share this with our friends who listen on radio and our podcast. I'm amazed at what this congressman shared. He had pulled together some information. He had written a letter to the White House and he was being featured on Maria Bartolomo's uh, program called Sunday Futures. And she posed important questions, and you need to hear this exchange. This week, an NBC report that President Biden is asking defense secretaries Anthony Blinken and Lloyd Austin to tone down the support of Ukraine as the war enters a fourth month and Russia now controls 20 percent of Ukraine. According to my next guest, there is new intelligence that suggests the Kremlin could attack the United States and some major cities here. Next, Mike Turner is the ranking Republican of the House Intelligence Committee, sent this letter to President Biden on Friday, citing multiple examples of Russia threatening to use nuclear weapons against the United States and NATO. Congressman Turner joins me right now. Congressman, it's good to see you. So I have your letter in front of us, and I see some of this rhetoric by uh, the Russians and, and Vladimir Putin so this is the first time that these weapons were used last week at a time that the rhetoric from Vladimir Putin is certainly ramping up. We have some of the comments here. Uh, consequences will be such as you have never seen in your entire history. Uh, one, we can believe that the horsemen of the apocalypse are already on their way and all hope is in almighty God. Talk to me about what Russia is doing and how the Biden administration is planning to respond. Have you heard back from the president uh, uh, after this letter? Now, before we listen to Mike Turner's response, and by the way, I think you can answer that question, right? Has the White House responded to his letter? You know the answer. We are on the verge of potentially an attack, a nuclear attack from Russia. And it's like everybody's in leadership in our country are looking at this as if it's no big deal. It is a big deal. Now, the, the statements that were made, a number of which go right to Vladimir Putin, statements like this, consequences you've never seen before in your history to the United States of America. This is Putin and his leaders. We're looking at the uh, horsemen of the apocalypse. He's talking about the book of Revelation. He's talking about the four horsemen in the first set of judgments, the seal judgments. He's referring to them in light of where we are in the tension in Ukraine. And then he makes the statement, our hope is in God. Can you believe it? I can. Satan appears as an angel of light. When you read something like this, you hear the statements that are being made. All the more you wonder, at what point will he take it upon himself to invade Israel? And of course, we already know he'll be aligned with Iran, who's now at a point where they have a nuclear capability. Or they're very, very close. And then Turkey, all in opposition to Israel. The pieces of the puzzle are in place. How did Congressman Mike Turner respond to the question? Has the White House responded? Here's what he said. No, so what we're seeing is just in, increased rhetoric coming from uh, Vladimir Putin, uh, Dmitry Medvedev, uh, of course, his, uh, his defense ministers referring to, you know, reducing Europe or the United States to nuclear ashes, attacking Miami or Texas. You know, these are very, very concerning statements. 
the president wrote an op-ed in the New York Times. I'm not certain that Putin reads the New York Times, but the, that's how the president chose to, to answer these and said there would be severe consequences. But he's not really made it clear that, that, uh, that using nuclear weapons at Ukraine or, or even certainly you know, when you look at our, our NATO allies and our Article 5 uh, obligations and certainly the United States itself, uh, that, that there would be um, a, a quick response, both from the United States and, and from NATO. Putin knows not to attack the United States and NATO. He knows that, that our nuclear weapons, UK, France, with a NATO prepositioned weapon, certainly would be devastating to his nation in a response. But what he doesn't know is that it's not going to be okay for him to use nuclear weapons in Ukraine. Uh, the nuclear options be taken off the table, and this rhetoric from Putin needs to, to be de-escalated. Now, did you hear the areas of the country they reference? Miami. Why Miami? Well, I happen to wonder if it's to get to the last president of the United States. And then what about Texas? Uh, as a proud Texan, it perked my ears up. Now, I appreciate the response by Mike Turner. What Mike Turner did not say is that if they were to launch a nuclear attack on Texas and Miami, they can't stop it, and it's going to arrive here in about 30 minutes. Now, it would be great that we then turn around and destroy all of Russia, but those of us in Texas and our friends in Miami, it wouldn't be such a great scenario, would it? Well, uh, Maria Bartoloma goes, uh, continues on, asks some important questions. Again, Congressman Mike Turner. Congressman, one comment in this letter really struck me, and I want you to tell us more if you can. Uh, and this is from uh, an internationally sanctioned member of the Russian state Duma and a former military commander. And you write this in the letter. He said, they should understand there could be a strike against Miami, Texas, or any other state. Then they'll tuck their tail in. They aren't very brave over there. This is our truth and what we should aspire to and confidently move toward that. So is there a threat on Texas and Miami right now? Well, I think from this rhetoric, what we're seeing, and certainly what, what Putin has indicated is his calculus. He does not see in this president uh, a deterrence, or he certainly doesn't see at this time a deterrent threat from the United States, that there would be you know, an unbelievable response and that his, his nation certainly would have uh, you know, unbelievable um, you know, responses from NATO and, and the United States. He talks about a historic response if, if he used nuclear weapons, but he, but he is very much aware, and this president needs to, to make certain that he stands behind our capabilities and that the use of nuclear weapons by Putin would are, are not, is not acceptable in Ukraine, throughout NATO, or obviously ahead of the United States. We can't ignore a threat like this, especially if you're named in the threat. The state of Texas, the city of Miami. Why they picked those two locations, I don't know. But I do know that it used to be called mutually assured destruction. If they destroyed us, we'll destroy them. But if we're first and foremost to be attacked, namely the great state of Texas, there's not a whole lot we can do, as tough as Texans are. Now, I know you're an optimist, so you think to yourself, oh, I know there's got to be a plan in place for this. When you hear this kind of rhetoric, uh, our government's got to have something ready to go in case something like this could ever actually happen. Well, you need to guess again. So the bottom line, does this president have a plan to respond to Putin? No, he doesn't. And that's what that's what we're really asking for is it's, you know, we have Article five commitments. We certainly have said that we would respond overwhelmingly if the United States was was attacked. Um, the uh, what we're not hearing is the president of the United States reaffirming this. We're having a NATO meeting. It's coming up in the next couple of weeks. Certainly 
uh, could get the reconfirmation from NATO. Now, I certainly appreciate Mike Turner taking the initiative to force the White House to come up with a plan. But he kind of the fact that they don't have a plan, he kind of puts it aside rather casually, at least as far as those of us in Texas who are the target, uh, as far as we're concerned. Right. Well, Maria Bartoloma continued and she's asked some very important questions. Here's another that she posed to Mike Turner. Let me ask you, I want to ask you about the defense budget next week. You are going to be marking up uh, the National Defense Authorization Act. Uh, do you expect that defense spending is going to go higher as we also have the threat of China? Uh, Secretary Lloyd Austin was just with his counterpart in China just last week. And again, we have another dressing down of U.S. officials. First, tell me about the National Defense Authorization Act. What happens in the Congress next week? So the president sent over a budget that does not adequately fund what we need to do to reinvest in what we have lent to Ukraine or even what we need to do to replenish our own stores. And then looking back to uh, modernization, what we need to do to make certain that, that we have the advanced weaponry necessary to defend the United States. His budget was just over 770. Um, the uh, Senate has already marked that up. They added nearly 50 billion more into the, the budget. I think you'll certainly see that from the House as we take up the National Defense Authorization Act next week. But I think the news in the debate next week is going to be how do we respond to these new threats of, of Russia aggression, uh, the support for Ukraine, the, the threat from China, its aggressiveness, all of those are certainly going to mean that we're going to have to make different choices of how we invest in our military. So how should we respond when we hear information like this from credible sources? First and foremost, don't assume that what you're hearing is just never going to happen. Don't ignore something that is, yes, threatening, yes, is uncomfortable, but you need to understand it is also a difficult slice of reality. We must be willing to face it, and we must be, at that point, more than willing to get on our knees and seek the Lord and ask for His intervention in our world and in our lives. This is a supernatural battle that is going on, and it is setting the stage for what Putin apparently said, the arrival of the horsemen of the apocalypse, the time of tribulation on the earth. To think that someone who is obviously in the enemy's camp, under the enemy's control, would make a statement like that? And by the way, the enemy knows Bible prophecy in the future better than we do. And so we can see the stage is being set. But let's not assume it's not going to happen, that we're not going to face additional death and destruction in our country. And so we ask the Lord to give us courage, conviction, opportunity, boldness, the opportunity to share the gospel while there is still time left to do so before everything really continues to, to unravel as it is right in front of our eyes, even as I speak. We face reality, we seek the Lord, we ask for his guidance, we ask for his protection, and we also need to make sure that we are unified as the body of Christ and we are helping one another. That's the whole admonition we find in Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 25, that we come together again, especially as we see the day approaching. And we do so in order to encourage one another. We're going to need encouragement. Encourage one another to love and good deeds, to press on, to live out the gospel in front of people, even in the face of persecution and the possibility of uh, our lives literally being on the line for our faith. 
Now, I think I can hear someone saying, but John, we're going to be raptured before the tribulation period. Well, I think the bulk of the biblical evidence points that direction. But at the same time, Jesus said, in this world, you will have tribulation. It may not be the great tribulation, but it could be a lot of tribulation leading up to the great tribulation. And we are around for that. In fact, there are people today that think uh, we've already gotten a really good taste of it with the pandemic, all the violence in our, in our society, the obvious walking away from any kind of biblical morality. All these things are precursors to what is coming. I very much would appreciate your prayers and your partnership as we want to proclaim the return of Jesus Christ and we see every indication that we're getting closer and closer. All the things the Bible describes about the way the world will look before the Lord returns, they're just coming together, converging in incredible ways. I'm excited. I was excited as I listened to this program, and I'm thinking, we've got Vladimir Putin talking about the apocalypse, the book of Revelation, the judgments that God promises he will one day pour out. We have a despotic leader who is talking about we need the Lord. Well, he's got the wrong Lord. We have to understand the times in which we live and respond with wisdom. So let's be seeking the Lord. Let's stand together. And I want to invite you to, to, to pray for us. And as you can, stand with us. I would love to hear you. I would love for you to send us any question you have. Uh, you can write to me personally, john at livetheword.org. And thank you so much for being part of today's program.